Welcome to the Here and Now Motherhood podcast. Here and Now Motherhood is a nonprofit designed to support moms in their transition into motherhood. I'm your host, Nicole Hunt. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today is actually going to be our last episode for the Here and Now Motherhood podcast. Um, Here in Our Motherhood is closing its doors, unfortunately. Um, Our um, funds are going to be donated to um, Cherished Moms, which is a local nonprofit to the Tri-Cities area in Northeast Tennessee, and also to Indiaspora, which um, that means that, that those funds will go to benefit the COVID crisis in India. Um, since we have a history of teaching yoga here in our motherhood, um, we wanted to help our Indian brothers and sisters. So for our last episode today, I wanted to tell you a little bit about my story as a mom. Um, our last 10 episodes or so have been interviewing moms with their matrescent story, talking about their transition into motherhood. And I'm not sure that I have shared my story in its fullness. So I'm going to share that today. Um, and before I get to that, I'd like to say that um, here in our motherhood, closing its doors is heavy on my heart, but also probably the right decision. Um, here in our motherhood was a big part of me healing postpartum, me creating a space that I wish somebody had created for me. And um, I feel like You know, I'm in a place where I'm ready to move on to the next thing and um, I'm forever grateful for here in a motherhood and the friends I've made, the connections I have, um, those friends will be here for forever and I'm grateful for all of you listening here on the podcast that you have been able to be here as well. So um, without any further ado, um, I'd like to share my motherhood story. So Before um, I ever had my son, I grew up um, aiming to be a mother. I grew up wanting to be a mom, and that was definitely like a huge goal in my life. Like, I wanted to be a mom. And I um, had a lot of like expectations around motherhood, like all of us do, which is kind of interesting because my mom um, is a software engineer and she would every once in a while, so she's a stay at home mom. And every once in a while she would take, um, like contracts to do some software stuff. Um, and when I was in high school, she, um, started working part-time at Intel, you know, the, I think it was at Intel or something close to someone, something who was connected to Intel. And then she, um, opened her own business and she's been a business owner for the last, what, like 15 years or something like that. So, um, it's kind of funny that like my expectations around motherhood was that you have to be a stay at home mom or else you're a bad mom because that's not even what my mom did. (laughs) So it's kind of funny that those were my expectations around it. Um, and part of that's probably because of the culture and the religion that I was raised in. I was raised Mormon, um, So, and that's like a big theme of like gender roles are a big part of, um, the teachings in that faith. So I, 
Um, I remember getting to college and wanting, like having these two desires to do, to like have a career and also to be a stay-at-home mom. And I wasn't quite sure how to do both of those. And I figured things would just work out. Um, the chips would fall where they were going to and, um, everything. I didn't really have like a concrete plan, even though I was definitely a planner. Um, I met my husband and, um, we were going to school in Utah and then he got a position, uh, a PhD slot, I guess. I don't know. He got accepted to Stanford for his PhD in chemical engineering. And so we moved to California and I finished my degree remotely back in the day before remote school was a thing. And we, um, when I finished my degree, I was planning on going to grad school, but it was kind of a nice break to not have to take tests anymore. So I was like, I'll just pause this for a little bit. Um, and I decided that I really wanted to have a baby, that that was really like, I wanted to do it now. Originally I had thought I would wait until after grad school. Um, but instead I decided just put off grad school, just do it later. And I really wanted to have a baby. Um, and I got pregnant like pretty quickly. Um, when I hear other people's stories, uh, and people struggle with infertility for really long periods of time and it's scary and it's emotional and it's difficult. Um, we got pregnant like our second month trying. And I will say that that first month was like horrible. <laughs> um, so my, my only knowledge of like infertility is very small. Um, but, um, so we got pregnant and I, I remember just being super emotional. I was managing apartments at the time, um, when we were living in California and I was showing someone a vacant apartment to try and rent it. And this person, I remember her being so rude. She was so rude. And once the tour was over, um, she left and I was standing in this vacant apartment. I called my husband and I just started crying. I was so upset. And he's thinking like, wow, this person must've been like really horrible. Wow. And then I hang up the phone. And I was like, man, that was weird. I'm not usually like that emotional about something. And I was like, I wonder if I'm pregnant. And so I walked back home and took a pregnancy test and lo and behold, I was pregnant. Um, honestly, like my pregnancy was awesome. I puked the whole time. I puked like at least once a week, the entire pregnancy. And, um, but my mood was so good. I had been struggling with depression up until then and anxiety, um, having anxiety attacks and just being really just unhappy in my life, just really sad and depressed. And, um, but for whatever reason, those hormones, or maybe it was looking forward to having a baby. I don't know. I was just super, super happy. And so I look back on being pregnant with a lot of fondness. Uh, because it was just a really happy time for me, even if I was puking the whole time. Um, and the one thing though, that I was like uneasy about was giving birth. I was scared that I didn't know when, um, when contractions were going to start. Like I was scared that I wouldn't recognize that it was a contraction and that I would like accidentally have my baby at home or something, which sounds funny. Like if you're a mom who has like birthed a baby, like that sounds obvious that you would know that. But when, if you've never had a baby, you don't really know 
what that's like. And no one could really explain to me what a contraction feels like. So I was just, I was nervous about that. Um, and so when it was time for me to have my son, I went, um, I went into labor on a Sunday night and my son was born on, um, Thursday afternoon, like two or 3 PM. So I was in labor with painful contractions for a really, really long time. Um, and when it was time to go to the hospital, I, well, see, I, the whole time I had been trying to decide if I wanted to have like an unmedicated birth or not. And I had read the book birthing from within. And I was like, what do I, what am I going to do? Am I going to get an epidural? And then I had this one contraction that I kid you not lasted for five minutes straight. It wasn't like, like in and out for five minutes. It was like a five minute contraction. I was like, forget this. I'm going to the hospital. I'm so done with this. I'm so tired. I haven't slept all week. I'm exhausted. So we went to the hospital and it was kind of interesting because at this hospital, um, their like normal procedure was to have, um, was to have, um, moms, um, have a midwife instead of an OBGYN if they had a low risk pregnancy. So like I had a low, low risk pregnancy. So I just automatically had a midwife, which was pretty cool. Cause from what I understand, like you usually have better birth outcomes with a midwife if it's a low, if it's a low risk pregnancy. Um, so that was cool. Cause then I didn't have to go find a midwife on my own. Um, and also something that was interesting was they would try to get you to not use like epidurals or anything like that because they like, now I know that like one intervention leads to another leads to another, which, um, you know, could, could wind up having a C-section or something like that. Um, and so they would try to try to get you to not have any type of medication so, and I know a lot of hospitals are the opposite. So that was super interesting. Um, f- and for me, so I go into the hospital, they're triaging me and I'm like, I want an epidural. And they were like, they were like, well, like, are you sure? Do you want to wait a little longer? Like, and I was just like, give me the epidural. I am so tired. I have been in labor since Sunday night. And this was on a Wednesday night. So it had been a few days. I was like, please just give me the epidural. And they were like, okay, okay. So they agreed. They gave me the epidural and I got to sleep. And let me tell you, like that sleep was the best sleep I've ever had in my life. Like, because you're so uncomfortable at the end of the pregnancy. And, um, I, um, um, so I got to sleep and which was awesome. And then when I woke up, um, before I went to sleep, like when I came in, I was at like a three and a half, uh, dilated. And then once I woke up, I was at like a seven. Um, so I think my body was just tired and needed to rest. So, um, when it finally came time to push, I pushed with my son JJ for three hours and oh my gosh, it was so long. I was like falling asleep in between 30 second contractions and I was pushing. I was so tired and, um, I threw up at least once during that. And I remember, um, 
the midwife, she looked over, she told one of the nurses to check my IV and it turns out my IV had gotten pinched. And so, um, they fixed that. And then as soon as I like got that rush of, you know, hydration or whatever it is, I got JJ out really quickly. So I think it was just, I was just dehydrated and needed some more nourishment. Um, so as soon as, um, and so often when I tell this story, if you've heard me tell this story before, um, I usually don't tell all of it. Um, and in this episode, I'm going to share all the nitty gritty details. Um, so be warned about that for like mental health and self-harm type thoughts. So, um, after, after JJ was born, I was so happy. And I remember, um, I remember just thinking like, I want to have a hundred babies because that was the coolest thing that I've ever done. It was awesome. Um, and, um, they were wheeling me over to the postpartum wing of the hospital and, my mom was noticing, my mom was there with us, and she was noticing that my face was really pale, and um, and she said to the nurse, she's like, her face looks white. No, she said her face looks gray, and the nurse heard her face looks great, with a T, and the nurse was like, yeah, she does look great, and my mom was like, what? And my mom just kind of let it go. Um, but the whole time we were in the hospital, I couldn't walk to the bathroom. My hips hurt so bad. As soon as that epidural wore off, my hips hurt so bad. And I didn't know what was going on. Every time a nurse would come in, I would try to ask them what was going on. And they didn't have any idea. And um, and they would ask me, like, how's your stitches doing? Because I did have some stitching. And I was like, that's not even on my radar. Like, the outsides of my hips really hurt. And they were like, oh, well, I don't know. Um, and so now I know, you know, my son's four years old now. Now I know that, like, the outside of your hips, um, you can have pain refer to the outside of your hips from, like, internal, like, vaginal injury. So that's what that was, but I didn't know. Um, so, um, I remember just sitting in the hospital as we were about to leave and just crying cause I was scared of bringing my baby home and like not having a nurse to ask questions to. And my mom was in town, but still I was just really nervous. Um, and when we got back to the house or to the apartment that we were living at, my mom was there with us and, I was really, really emotional. Um, I was crying about, so there, there's this really dumb, um, really dumb movie, um, like trailer that my husband had watched and he's like, Oh, you need to watch this. It's so funny. And I watched it and I flipped out. I was just crying, super, super upset. And my mom was starting to like freak out a little bit. She's like, I think there's something wrong with you. And this is like, keep in mind like the first couple days after having a baby it hasn't even been a week at that point and looking back now I know that that was um baby blues it wasn't postpartum depression it was just like normal hormone fluctuations there's nothing abnormal about that Um, but my mom was kind of freaking out about it 
Um, and we, um, so my mom stayed for some time to help us cause she lived up in Oregon and we were living in California and we, um, my husband later at about six weeks, my husband had the chance to go visit his family in Utah, which was like a 12 hour drive. And originally I was planning on coming with him. And I, by the time that he was, it was, he was getting ready to go. I was like, you know, driving 12 hours with a newborn does not sound fun. I don't really want to do that. So I'm just going to stay here while you go. And he was like, okay, sounds good. And while he was gone, I started having these um, suicidal thoughts that were really scary to me because I'd never had thoughts like that before. Um, and I started having lots of self-harm thoughts and suicidal thoughts. And he came back and I tried to tell him that these things were happening, but I didn't really know how to explain it. And he didn't really know what I was saying. Um, and so I remember saying like, I'm having scary thoughts and he was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Like thinking that I was like afraid of something rather than it being like mental health scary. And he, and so he was just like, Oh, I'm sorry. And then didn't touch on it again. And I, um, didn't really have, I guess mostly the life experience to just be like, Hey, this is what's happening. We need to talk about this. Um, so I just like left it and then I started feeling very alone cause I didn't really know who to talk to about that. Um, and eventually he came home and I started, um, and at this point, Oh yes. Right before this happened, we had decided to tweak my antidepressants that I was on. I was at six weeks postpartum and, um, because my, um, postpart, my, um, antidepressants that I had gone on right before I got pregnant were having some sexual side effects for me. And I wanted to get rid of those. Um, and so did my husband. And so for whatever reason, we decided to go off for me to switch them. And I started having all of these really horrific, really scary mental health side effects, um, from switching my medication. And looking back, I really wish that a psychiatrist, the one I was working with would have said, you just had a baby, like now's not the time to do this, but they didn't. And they just let me do it. Um, which made me really looking back, made me really mad that nobody was, I felt like nobody was looking out for me at the time. Um, Like I would have thoughts as I'm driving down the road that like have this intense sense of like me and my baby are going to be permanently separated and like having this like deep fear about that. Um, Having thoughts of killing myself, all of these really, really scary thoughts. And I remember um, sitting in my bed and just crying because I was in like emotional pain. I don't know how else to describe it, but it was like almost to the point of it being physical that it hurt so much. And um, me at the time, um, I remember telling my husband this, like, I remember telling him, like, I'm in so much emotional pain that I would need to get an epidural. Like this would be the point in labor when I get an epidural because I can't handle anymore, but there's no option for an epidural and I'm freaking out. Um, and he was like, oh my gosh, we need to get you off of this medication and back on your other one. So, I got back on my other medication and I tried to see a therapist at the time I was working. I mean, I was, my insurance was through Kaiser, which is HMO. So that means 
there's some pros and cons to it. Um, but one of the cons is that you have, um, a lot of red tape. And so I had a really hard time finding a, um, therapist, like one that was available because it's expensive for Kaiser and they don't like to, I don't know, provide enough of them. I don't know why they do what they do. But, um, when I finally got into one, they were super, super, unhelpful. And it was obvious that now looking back, it was obvious that they didn't have any perinatal mental health training because I was telling her I was scared that I was, that I had postpartum depression and I kept just repeating it over and over again. So obviously there was like some type of anxiety or something with that. And instead of her picking up on that, she just told me that I didn't have postpartum depression. Um, and like what was happening, like with with me changing my medication with this therapist was that I was trying to tell people that there was something wrong and I didn't feel like I could get it across in a way that anyone understood. And it was really frustrating and I felt really isolated. And at the time I didn't know who I could talk to about this sort of thing. Like I didn't know if my friends would be okay with me telling them that I had these feelings because this wasn't ever a topic of discussion that was brought up. Um, if anything, they would bring up how their spouse was, um, like had mental illness and they didn't understand it and it was inconvenient for them. And so I was like, well, I don't think these are people I can talk to about this. So I didn't really know what to do. Um, and meanwhile, during this whole thing, my hips were still hurting constantly. So, um, my mental health was getting worse and I, um, Um, I, um, was having pain constantly. So I remember, um, around six weeks, things were, my mental health was not good. Um, and around six weeks postpartum, I mean, and my family came into town for, um, like a traditional Mormon baby blessing. And, uh, for my son and they came into town and I remember we went to the, um, the farmer's market and it's kind of funny cause somebody, um, I mean, I was in my mid twenties, um, but people in the Bay area tend to have babies a lot later in life. So somebody saw my dad holding my baby and asked my dad if it was his son. He was like, they asked me if it was his first kid or something like that. And my dad's like, this is my grandson. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, but while we were there, I started freaking out because the pain in my hips and in my pelvic floor. So my pelvic floor was just basically constantly spasming and I couldn't figure out how to relax it. Um, and I, um, I was freaking out at that point because we were walking around a bunch of, to me, it felt like it was making it worse. And so I finally got to, um, um, the point where I was like, I have to fix this. So I called the nurse while we were at this, um, farmer's market. I called the nurse to my, at my OBGYN office and was tried to explain what was going on. And she was like, well, just relax it. And I was like, I can't. And she, cause I was just telling her, it felt like I, had to pee. It felt like I was holding in my pee, but I wasn't. So basically I, I didn't have the word spasming. I didn't know that that, like, I couldn't think of that word. So all I could say was like, oh, it feels like I'm holding in my pee, but I'm not. And she's like, 
what are you talking about? She didn't know what I was saying. And I was just super frustrated. And she just told me to relax my muscles. And so got off the phone with her and sent this email to my, um, the nurse practitioner that I would see for my OBGYN. And she, um, they, it was inside like a online portal. And I asked her, um, like I, I was just this scathing email and she had known me for a few years prior. And I just sent her this angry scathing email about how crappy this nurse was and how I needed to get help with this, la la la. And um, over the next few days, or over the next week or so, I guess, um, she kept having her nurse try to call me to set up an appointment to have me come in. And if any of you have experienced this, maybe you have. For me, like when I'm not in a good mental health space, I don't want to pick up the phone. And so I just kept ignoring the phone calls. And eventually they called me, they got a hold of me because they kept calling and got me to come into the office. And, oh, I forgot. So before I got into the office, I had some problems with breastfeeding. Um, I had, I didn't know what it was because this was my first time breastfeeding. turns out it was a bleb. So one of those ducts on the exterior of your areola gets um, clogged. It's super, super painful. And I had mastitis a couple times and this was more painful than mastitis. Um, So I um, went in just like walk in whoever could see me first. And it was a midwife, a nurse midwife that saw me first. And I was like, hey, can you check this out? And she told me what it was, told me what to do and everything was fine. And I was like, hey, while I'm here, you know, my pelvic, like my hips really hurt. Is there something we can do about that? And she looked at me and she was like, well, you just had a baby. What do you expect? And I was like that. And I was really angry because I was like, yeah, but I don't think I should be hurting for this much for this long. Um, and she, um, we argued back and forth a little bit because I started getting agitated and then she, her face just went totally blank and she looked at me and she's like, how's your mental health? And I remember I'd been having these issues with my mental health, but the thing is I wasn't going to tell somebody who was being so rude to me and not understanding what I was talking about. There's no way I was going to tell her the truth about this. Um, so I just lied to her, told her everything was fine and we left. Um, and so, um, anyway, so my, uh, the OBGYN nurse practitioner that I would see, she got me, she finally got me into the office. And since I had some rapport with her, she knew me, she knew that I wasn't acting like myself. Um, she, I sat down in her room and she looked at me and she was like, how are you? Um, and I'm, I'm kind of bouncing around on the timeline here. So forgive me for that. So, um, Um, she, she sat me down and she was like, she was like, how, like, she asked me something to the, to the effect of like, how's your mental health doing? I just started crying and I told her the thoughts that I had been having about killing myself. And she, this was the first person that I told, Uh, I hadn't told anybody to this point. Like I hadn't had that conversation with my husband yet to explain what was going on. Um, and I hadn't. I think I hadn't started changing my medication back to the old one yet at this point. So again, kind of bouncing around here. Um, so she, she was like, she set up like 
And then I explained to her like what was going on physically, which was the initial problem. And she's like, let me set you up with a pelvic floor physical therapist. And um, I'm going to send a wellness check to you um, to make sure that you're okay. She's like, if you don't, if you don't answer the call, then they are, the police are going to come and check on you just to make sure everything's okay. And, um, anyways, so, um, and then she was really helpful with finding the right medication for me, um, that I could still breastfeed while I was on it. Um, cause that was very important to me at the time. Um, and so I, um, I went and saw this pelvic floor physical therapist and she didn't explain what was going to happen with any of this. It was in a clinic that looked like a OBGYN clinic. Um, so it felt very medical. It was really confusing. She didn't explain, this is my first time. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Until next time, this has been the Here and Now Motherhood Podcast. 